Morning, everybody. It's Monday. It's still cold. <laughs> it's good to have you here with us. So um, welcome to the uh, morning devotional, the daily devotional. So uh, today I just want to speak a little bit about, you know, uh, what we experience in our lives, our everyday lives, and how to get, uh, how to get things in line. How, to, how do we experience it more? How do we get past all our normal, natural, f- fleshly limitations? So the title that you saw may be a, sp- a spoiler alert, but <laughs> so it's so simple. Um, but I think it's it's something worth looking into. Hello, Vienning is lekker om jou te sien swaar. Good morning, Janine is good to see you. Hello, Marietta and Pavesi is lekker om jou te sien. So bless you, everybody. Let me just open the live chat here as well. Okay, so I'm going to start in uh, James chapter 1. So... Right, let me just start here. It says, if anyone, verse 5, is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of the giving God who gives to everyone liberally, ungrudgingly, without reproaching or fault-finding, and it will be given him. So we need wisdom in our lives, everyday lives. So uh, sometimes it's not that we lack knowledge. Sometimes it's not that we lack information, but that we lack wisdom. So if you, if you th- say, good morning, Rob, uh, hello, Janet, good morning. So if, if you see that your actions sometimes are not as wise as it should be, it's a good place to start. Ask for wisdom, okay? And it says, and he will give wisdom liberally, ungrudging, ungrudgingly, without reproaching or fault-finding, okay? That's great. So God doesn't care how you got there. He wants to help you out of it. Okay, it doesn't matter how you got there, God wants to get you out of it, okay? So he says, only it must be in faith that he asks with no wavering, for the one who wavers is like the billowing surge out at sea that is blown hither and thither and tossed by the wind, or thither, I don't know, thither or thither, maybe thither. Verse 7, for truly let not such a person imagine that he will receive anything from the Lord. So when we ask, we, we better, you know, have faith and know we're getting what we ask. If you ask something, you're going to get it, okay? So ask with that attitude. For being as he is a man with two minds, he's unstable, unreliable, uncertain about everything he thinks, feels, and decides. Let the brother in humble circumstances glory in his elevation as a Christian called to true riches, to be an heir of God, and let the rich person or to glory in being humbled by being shown his human frailty, because like the flower of grass, he will pass away. For the sun comes up with a scorching heat and, and parches the grass. Its flower falls off and its beauty fades away. Even so, the rich man wither and die in the midst of his pursuits. So basically what he says there is everyone is equal before God. Uh, so don't beat yourself up and don't be, be prideful about your circumstances. Okay, verse 12. Blessed is the man who is patient under trial and stands up under temptation. For when he has stood the test and been approved, he will receive the victor's crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Okay, so temptations come. Temptations come. We are in the human body. Uh, 
Jesus was tempted, tested, and tried, um, those things come. It's the reality in this world. But now he says, let no one say when he is tempted, I'm tempted of God. So it's not of God. For God is incapable of being tempted by what is evil, and himself tempts no one. But every person is tempted when he is drawn away, enticed, and baited by his own evil desire, lust, and passions. Then the evil desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully matured, brings forth death. Do not be misled, my beloved brethren. Okay, so he says, it's your own evil desire that tempts you. Okay. <laughs> it's from you. It's not from God. <laughs> so it's just the nature of the flesh to want to do everything that is not of God. Okay, so Galatians chapter 5 also says it. Uh, it says the flesh, the desires of the flesh are opposed to the desires of the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are opposed to the desires of the flesh. Okay, so um, I think a good place to... In our thinking, when, when, when we're running out in circles, saying, I'm here at this place again, I'm here in this place again. Uh, I think a good thing is to not justify it and not say, yes, but I'm a victim. I'm like this because this happened to me or that happened to me. So now I, I, I earn the right to be offended and stay where I am because it's someone else's fault. It's someone else's fault. No, it's your own evil desire. <laughs> so, but the point is not how you got there. Well, how you got there is you were just born into a human body. So that's how you got there. But the, the, the point is not how you got into the situation or how you got to struggle with the stuff that you struggle with. The point is, how do I get out of it? God. I thought I was pushing the, the limits on that battery. <laughs> okay, so, so God wants you to just, you know, get out of it instead of keep, keeping on struggling. So how long do you want to struggle with the same thing? How long do you want to revisit the same thing? How long do you want to go through the same cycles? Okay, so a good place to, to get it is, is not where you grew up. It's not your parents. It's not... Uh, whatever. It's not socioeconomic things. It's, it's none of those things. You're in a human body, so you're led astray by your own evil desires. So, the wisdom is to then look to God for help. It's not about trying to see why I am what I am, and then, you know, I'm speaking of the natural flesh. And then trying to justify it and trying to get reasons for it so I can feel better about it. Blaming something or someone. But it is in getting the answer. The answer is Jesus. So he said, every good gift, verse 17, every perfect gift, free large full gift, is from above. It comes down from the Father of all that gives light and the shining of whom there can be no variation, rising or setting or shadow cast by his turning. Right. So when we look at the scriptures, things that has come down, that the scripture 
talks about. Isaiah 55, uh, as the rain comes down and the snow comes down from heaven, so shall my word be. So the word comes down from heaven. And then the other thing that comes down is Jesus said, I am the bread of life. It's he who has come down from heaven. So he is the word made flesh. So the word is the gift, the good and perfect gift, the word made flesh. So it's the word, scripture, breathed on by the spirit, but it's the person embodying the scripture that came down, physically walked on this earth, and was crucified. Okay, so he says, uh, every good gift from above, it comes down from the Father. So everything that flows out of Jesus is a good and perfect gift. Every good thing from above. Okay, so um, yes, you can take it also to every good thing that is in the world, like I'm speaking of rain is a good thing. I'm speaking of food is a good thing, good things that happens, okay? So yes, God brings it into your life, and if God created the good things, great. But I think that the, the point here is the word and the person, uh, Jesus Christ, the word made flesh, he's the gift, and he has come down from above, born from above, all right? So, the, so that's also uh, John chapter 3 where Jesus speaks to Nicodemus and says, Who, whatever is born of the flesh is flesh, whatever is born of the spirit is spirit. He says you must be born again to see the kingdom. Okay, born from above. Uh, John chapter 1, he says, <clears throat> uh, as many as received him gave you the power to become sons of God, as many as believed on his name who owe their birth not to the will of the flesh but to God. They are born from above, born from the word, born from above. So also First Peter 1 says that you are born again from an incorruptible seed, which is the ever-living word of God. So um, uh, where, where else does it speak about it? Um, uh, James 1, that we're going to read now. <laughs> so just listen to this. He says, it was of his own free will that he gave us birth as sons by his word of truth so that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures, a sample of what he created to be consecrated to himself. So what does it mean? It means the moment we receive the word that comes down from heaven, the person Christ, the word became flesh. When we receive him, then that word becomes flesh in us and we become a gift that has come down from heaven. Okay, we receive the wisdom that is from God and not the wisdom that is from the earth. And we know that 1 Corinthians chapter 1 says that the wisdom is, verse 18 and verse 24, is the, uh, is the cross of Jesus. The, the gospel, the message of the cross is to the world it's foolishness and nonsense and weakness. But to us who are called, it is the power and the wisdom of God. So that's the message of the cross of Jesus Christ. So that's the word by which we are born again. Okay? So by the word of truth, the word of the cross, uh, we, he gave us birth as sons, born from above. So we become a good and perfect gift. Okay? By his word of truth, so that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. So that's the new creation man. The old man, Adam, 
was of the earth, earthly minded. The last Adam, Christ, the second man, uh, is the Lord from heaven. Is the Lord from heaven. 1 Corinthians 15. Now he says in verse 19, Understand this, my beloved brethren. Let every man be quick to hear. Hear what? The word of truth. A ready listener, slow to speak. Slow to speak what? Whatever flashes into your head. <laughs> whatever comes out of how you feel and your emotions and whatever you want to say in reality. Oh, I just want to give him a piece of my mind. Oh, I just want to say, Shh. rather listen. What is the Spirit of God saying? What is the Word saying? Let's just speak what the Word says. Instead of just speaking your mind, rather speak the mind of Christ. Okay? So he says, be quick to hear a ready listener, slow to speak, slow to take offense, and to get angry. Okay. So the taking of the offense is a temptation. The taking of the offense is an evil desire uh, that... Uh, draws us away and entices us and baits us. Um, the evil desire when it is conceived gives birth to sin, and sin when it is fully matured brings forth death. So to take offense of something will always lead to an, another evil desire springing up out of it, leading me astray. Okay? So we need to get this. Uh, it is all out of the same source. I feel righteously indignant because of this. What you are doing is you are basically setting a trap for yourself, taking offense, getting angry, causes you to stumble in your very next step because you are uh, drawing from a source that only leads to sin and destruction. Okay? So it's drawing from the flesh, the mind of the flesh, the nature of the flesh, for your inspiration, for your next word, for your inspiration, for your next action. And drawing from that has a certain fruit, has certain out, an outflow. Just, let's just quickly jump to Galatians chapter 5. Feels like a disco. There's one light is flashing here. I'm, I'm going to have to fix it today. Okay. All right. So Galatians chapter 5 says, Where are we going to start? The doings, verse 19, of the flesh are clear. So it's the doings of the flesh. So this, you don't have to justify it. You don't have to reason about it. This comes from your own evil desire. This is the evil desire lurking your member, says Colossians chapter 3 verse 5, I think. Okay? So he says, the doings of the flesh are clear. They are immorality, impurity, indecency, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger. So all those things are in the same sentence. It's from the same source. <laughs> it's the same river. Ill temper, selfishness, divisions, dissensions, party spirit. Now that's not having a party. That's 
factions and, you know, this party versus that party. You know, politics of life, you know, <laughs> of church politics. Okay, dissension, you know, divisions. Okay, factions, sects with peculiar opinions. Oh, peculiar opinions these days. Heresies. Envy, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. So envy, drunkenness, carousing is in the same sentence as party spirit, factions, heresies, idolatry, ill temper, anger, selfishness. Same sentence as immorality, impurity. Same sentence. So how can the one take up the law to judge the other? It's from the same source. It's like the pot calling the kettle black, you know? Envy, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. I warn you beforehand that, uh, just as I did previously, that those who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So we just referred to it in John chapter 3. If you want to see the kingdom, you need to be born again. Born from what? From the word of truth. The word is the spirit. The words that I've been speaking to you says, Jesus, are spirit and they are life. Okay. So, but I say, verse 16, if we rewind a little bit, walk in the Spirit, live habitually in the Holy Spirit, responsive, controlled by the Holy Spirit, then you will certainly not gratify the cravings and desires of the flesh of the human nature without God. Now it's a different source. So what flows out of the source? What, what is the source? It's the Word, it's the Spirit, by which we are born again. Our new nature, the second uh, man, the new creation man, uh, the last Adam, which is Christ, the Lord from heaven. Okay, that nature, it says, the desire uh, of the flesh are opposed to the desires of the Spirit. Now it says, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, verse 22, the work which His presence with, uh, within accomplishes is love, joy, gladness, peace, patience, and even temper, forbearance, kindness, goodness, benevolence, faithful, faithfulness. So that's why it's so difficult to just switch to love when you're angry because it's from a different source. You got to, it's a totally different paradigm. It's a totally different fountain, totally different river. You got to switch from Moses, which is anger, which is flesh and us by our own righteousness trying to do stuff out of our flesh ability to Christ and Dying and letting him spring forth as a river and a spring inside of us and flowing out of us a different source, a different river. So it means you don't have an anger problem, you have a surrender problem. You don't have a morality problem, you have a surrender problem. <laughs> you don't have a uh, whatever you can call in the list, you know, a party spirit problem, a factions problem. Uh, what is, that's not your problem. Your problem is you're not surrendering to the spirit. That's all. So how do I surrender to the Spirit? Well, receive the Word and the Spirit by believing the Gospel. Okay, so we're going to get to that now. We're going to jump back to James chapter 1. He says, fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, even temper. Ooh, that's from the Spirit. So you're never justified in getting angry. Oh, where's the mirror? Let me just preach to myself. Okay, I can see myself there on the TV screen there. So uh, you're never justified in being angry. Because anger is from a different source. God is not an angry God. So if you're angry, you stand alone. Okay? You will never leave it. It's not what I'm saying. But if you're angry, 
you are basically telling God, God, you stand there with your nature and your gifts and your blessings and everything. I, I've got it. I've got this. I'm going to handle this. This is going to sort it out. Okay. So, uh, peace, patience, even temper, forbearance, kindness, goodness, benevolence, faithfulness, gentleness, meekness, humility, self-control, self-restraint, continence. Against such things, there is no law. So there's no judgment, there's no wrath, there's no condemnation. Okay. Back to James. And with this, I'm not, if, if you have an anger problem, I'm not condemning you. So, uh, where does this come from? Well, I, I was kind of listening with one ear to a message of Lisa Bevere that my wife was listening, and my mind just went into the scriptures, and I thought, wow, this is something awesome. But you can, anger or immorality or addiction or whatever the problem, whatever your problem is, doesn't matter. Just realize this is what I'm dealing with. Um, Stop justifying it. Stop blaming something. Lord, I need you. And then just receive. Receive what he gives. Okay. So just back to James. So This is not shaming and calling out any specific thing. This is saying, hey, this is one source, there's another source, but the source is for you and it's readily available, it's given, it's free, we can just drink from another river, okay? So he says, uh, we were already on this page, he says, understand this, let every man be quick to hear, hear what? The word of truth that we are born again from, that we just read, a ready listener. Slow to speak, slow to take offense, and to get angry. For man's anger does not promote the righteousness of God. Okay, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Good, I agree, amen. If you believe in Christ, yes. Do we see that fruit of righteousness? Where does the Bible speak of the fruit of righteousness? I don't really see the fruit of righteousness in the fruit of the Spirit, Herod. What do you mean by fruit of righteousness? Well, if you, speak, if you want to speak of fruit of righteousness, you've got to go to Hebrews chapter 12, which says, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, the correction of the Lord. How does He correct you? He corrects you with His Word. He corrects you by the promptings of the Spirit. So if we are a ready listener, receiving the correction of the Word, receiving the correction of the Lord, of the Spirit, the promptings, uh, then we will not have this problem. So now it says... For no correction is at that moment joyful. So now I'm stuck in my anger. I'm this person in front of me that's cut in before me in the traffic, or this person that's driving too slow in the middle lane in the in the highway, or this person is driving in the wrong lane. And okay, now I want to be angry at this person because look what he's doing. It's the end of all things civilized. This person is driving slow in front of me, okay? So my reaction to that person is a bigger problem than the person actually lost worshiping God, just driving a little bit slow because he lost track of time worshiping God in the car in front of me. And I want to have righteous indignant because he's driving too slow. <laughs> in front of me. It could just as well be, okay? Mostly not, but it could be. Mostly they're just asleep. Okay. So, but if I want to justify my anger, the rest of my day, 
will be me justifying this, justifying this, justifying this. Hey, you don't have to. In a split second, just hear the word of the Lord. When the prompting comes, don't insist and harden your heart and saying, yeah, but I want to just give him a... Yes, but they can't drive like this. Hey, listen to the Spirit when he prompts you. You know when he prompts you. So just leave it, back off, go slower. Yes, Lord, I receive. Slow to speak, quick to listen. Okay? So surrender to the, what the Spirit is saying. Man's anger doesn't promote the righteousness of God. Well, in other words, if I'm angry, it's not going to bear fruit of righteousness. Getting back to Hebrews chapter 12, it says no uh, correction is joyful at the time. But when we yield to correction, it brings a peaceable fruit of righteousness. Okay? If we just, uh, where's James? Uh, Hebrews is just after James. It's just a few pages. He says, uh, let's see if we can find it. Ah, it says, uh, have you completely forgotten the divine word of appeal and encouragement with which you are reasoned with and addressed as sons? So who are sons? Those who are born of the word of truth. So those will be corrected by the Father again with the Word and with the Spirit. He says, My son, do not think lightly or scorn to submit to the correction and discipline of the Lord. So be quick to listen and slow to speak. Okay. Nor lose courage and give up and faint when you are reproved and corrected by Him. Okay. So don't, oh, I've done it again and judge and condemn yourself. No, just listen and bear fruit. Okay, he says, For the Lord corrects and disciplines everyone whom he loves, and he punishes, even scourges every son whom he accepts and welcomes. Those are the same words. Corrects and punishes. Same word, translated as different words there. So the same word there, that word in the original means to teach or train a child. So it trains you, corrects, disciplines you, corrects you, uh, whom he loves, and he corrects you, the son that he accepts and welcomes. Okay? You must submit to and endure correction. God is dealing with you as with sons. Okay, so no one is scourging their sons half to death like Jesus was scourged. That's not what he means, but you correct your child. Okay, for what son is there whom his father does not thus train and correct and discipline? Now, if you are exempt from correction and left without discipline, in which all of God's children share, then you're illegitimate offspring. So if we harden our hearts against the correction and discipline, we are illegitimate children. It says, moreover, we've had earthly fathers who disciplined us and yielded to them, respected them for training us. Shall we not much more cheerfully submit to the Father of spirits and so truly live? Okay, or the Father of lights. And so truly live. For our earthly fathers disciplined us as only, uh, for only a short period of time and ch- chastised us as seemed proper and good to them. But he disciplines us. All the same word, teacher, trainer, child, corrects us. Okay? But he disciplines us for our certain good that we may become sharers of his own holiness. Now it's not only, oh, we know that we are in spirit, we are holy. Hebrews chapter 10 says we are holy. Now you start to experience it. It starts to come through. Now it starts to, now other people can see you are holy. Okay? 
For the time being, no discipline brings joy, but seems grievous and painful. But afterwards, it yields a peaceable fruit of righteousness. And in the moment, no one wants to hear, keep quiet, you can't speak like this against these people in traffic. No one wants to hear it, especially from your wife. (laughs) No one wants to hear it. But if you can listen to the Spirit in that moment and yield to Him, there's a peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who've been trained by it, Harvest the fruit which consists in righteousness in conformity to God's will and purpose, thought and action, resulting in right living, right standing with God. Okay, so it's all in yielding. It's all in listening. Slow slow to speak, quick to listen. Okay, just to get back. Man, I've taken so long with the introduction, there's no, no time left. But let's just quickly get to the point here. Okay, it says, uh, where are we? Man's anger does not promote the righteousness of God. So get rid of all uncleanness and the rampant outgrowth of wickedness. There's an outgrowth of the anger of wickedness. That's the point I want to make. And there's an outgrowth of anger. If wickedness is the source, then it can, there can be an outgrowth, which is the anger. So the, the one causes the other, okay? Uh, it's kind of a chicken and egg. Which one is first? It doesn't really matter, but it, the one causes the other, Okay? So, um, he says, get rid of it. Get out of it. How? He says, in a humble, gentle, modest spirit. Receive, welcome the word, which implanted and rooted in your hearts contain the power to save your souls. So, if the word is now rooted in your hearts. With other words, in that moment, you don't harden your hearts when you hear his voice. In that moment... You listen, and the word finds entrance into your heart. You say, okay, Lord. And you, you yield, you surrender to him. Okay, now the power to bring salvation to the soul is released, and you start to experience peace. You start to experience him. And guess what? That cycle is broken, and the rest of your day is not filled with all the other stuff triggered by your anger. Okay? But be doers of the word. So do the word. It's intentional. It's something that you're going to have to decide. You have the word now. You're born again of the word. You've got the spirit. You're born of the spirit. So now you have to just decide to do it. Okay? Speak it. Do it. Surrender. Yield to him. Okay? Obey the message. Not merely listeners to it. Betraying yourselves into deception by reasoning contrary to the truth. It's always the reasoning that causes us to justify the thing that we stuck with, and we stuck with it a little bit longer, okay? For if anyone only listens to the word without obeying it, and being a doer of it, listen, here's the title. He's like a man who looks carefully at his own natural face in a mirror, for he thoughtfully observes himself, then goes off and promptly forgets what he was like, okay? So he looks into this mirror or a glass. He looks into it, but he sees himself, and he forgets, okay? So... Looks a natural face. Uh, Instead of looking into the Word and seeing the new creation man and seeing Christ uh, and and the nature of Christ inside him reflected in the Word in a glass, seeing who his true nature now is and letting that reflect. Okay, so let's just quickly, just to finish this off, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Not going to take too much time. We're over our time already. So 2 Corinthians 3. Tree, 2 Corinthians, I'm sure they had a tree. Okay, but it's 2 Corinthians 3. Okay, so he says in verse 15, 
my mom's big drug. <laughs> Second Corinthians 3, 3 verse 15, <laughs> I said it again. Yes, down to this very day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies upon their minds and hearts. Now we know Romans chapter 4 says, the law leads up to wrath. Okay, so whether it's your wrath or God's wrath, it leads to wrath. Okay, <laughs> So, uh, down to this very day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies upon their minds and hearts. So it causes people not to hear or see. Okay? But whenever a person turns in repentance to the Lord, the veil is stripped off and taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, so we need to repent to Him. That doesn't mean you cry and you confess everything you said to, to the elders. It's not what I'm saying. He says, repenting means you change the way you think from one paradigm to another paradigm, from thinking in terms of the flesh to thinking in terms of the spirit, from thinking in terms of the law, being aware of the stuff of the flesh, and uh, turning to be aware of the spirit, thinking in terms of the gospel of Jesus. So he says, Whenever a person turns in repentance to the Lord, the veil is stripped off and taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty from all the stuff that you struggle with. So all you need is to walk in the Spirit. How do you walk in the Spirit? Repent. How do you repent? Hear the Word and be slow to speak. Verse 18, And all of us, as with unveiled face, because we continue to behold. So behold Him. In the word of God, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are constantly being transfigured into his very own image in ever-increasing splendor from one degree of glory to another. So as you see in a glass, you see his face, and you know he is inside of you. and You see the identity that's imparted by the word. It's different. The stuff that flows out of you changes. Okay? Be quick to hear and be slow to speak. All right. One last verse, Psalm 17, and then we're going to be done. It says in Psalm 17, the last verse. Here I am. Okay, it says, As for me, I will continue beholding your face in righteousness. Okay, the righteousness of God. I shall be fully satisfied when I awake to find myself beholding your form and having sweet communion with you. All right. So we behold his face with righteousness. We have communion. And the fruit that comes is the fruit of the Spirit. Okay. So I hope this message has blessed you. Please. Uh, oh, there's Ilonka. Bless you, Ilonka. It's good to see you there. Hello, Dini. Hello, Chantel. Bless you guys. So please send us an email. Tell us where you're watching us from. We'd love to hear from you. And also, please send us comments and testimonies and things. So, uh, there we got it. So, thank you guys for watching. We love you. Um, please, if, if you have prayer requests, send it. And uh, we'll see you again tomorrow morning at 9. Be blessed.